Welcome to the one and only Circle City Setup with your host and the one and only Zach Griffin. Hello. Welcome into Circle City Cinema. I am your host, Zach Griffith, and I am joined on the first edition of Succession recap episodes for the final season of Succession, the fourth and final season. But my good friend, the founder of the Running Hook Podcast Network, the host of the Power Hour, Alex Burr. I'm I'm super excited, Zach. Um Succession, just all time great show. I mean, really has entered the pantheon, especially with the last season. This episode was an absolute banger to start off the year. Um and I, I'm really excited to go on this journey. And it is gonna be just that a journey. HBO. I mean, you mentioned Succession possibly entering the Pantheon for for shows. HBO is putting out heaters this year. I mean, we already had Last of Us Season 1. It wrapped up a couple weeks ago. Now Succession, final season of Succession has launched. We have another season of True Detective later this year. Uh, we have a, a uh, true crime miniseries premiering next month uh, starring Elizabeth Olsen. And uh, I'm forgetting. I know there's something else. House of the Dragon does not come out this year. But um, I don't think Euphoria oh, is coming out it's this just... year either. <laughs> I know you I'm don't like sure Euphoria, but Euphoria is one of their biggest shows. No, it it is one of their biggest shows. It is one of their biggest shows, if not the biggest, if I'm being honest. But back, you know, Succession, it's... It, it, I want to ask you this, Alex, right off the bat. Like, is this you were the you and Bryce Shaddy in particular were the the two driving factors in me to to watch this show because I've always been more of a movie guy than a than a TV guy. But when I get into a TV show, I I I, I go balls deep. I mean, there's no there. I, I go hard at it and. Succession was one of those I have plowed it out in a month. I plowed out three seasons in a month, maybe less. Um, they're kind of bittersweet to learn. I mean, this is the first time I was talking to Caleb Lynn about this. This is the first time I've had to wait for the next episode. I can't just go on to the next one, um, which is kind of how we're dealing with the Mandalorian right now as well. Mandalorian and Succession on at the same time. You just you you can't make up that level of hype, Alex. That is unbelievable. But two shows that are worth their own pot. I know, Alex. as you know, know. The, also the producer of the show. You know, I know, and I have I have not. It's been so busy that I have not been keeping up with Mandalorian. And when I have a chance. I'm going to catch up on Mandalorian, which is why I have not listened to the last couple episodes of Circle City Cinema because I do not want those episodes of Mandalorian spoiled. Um, I'm a, I think I've just not seen the last, I think, three now. But, you know, Wednesday Wednesday's kind of a weird day for a show to come out, honestly. <laughs> just being, it is a weird day. Um, I don't know why Lucasfilm picked that day for... Because I think Andor was like that as well, where... Uh, and or a oh. great show, by the way, Alex, if you haven't seen that, but 
T.I., I need to. Um, summertime, Zach. Summertime will be the content time for me. Once basketball season yeah, it's content is done. Season. You don't understand, okay? If I made, like, just a <laughs> visual timeline of how much basketball I was watching. You told me, and not- I was like, damn, that's, like, as many... Uh- shows and movies i've watched in the past the past couple months i know i've watched and it's not like i'm even watching whole games i turn it on in the second quarter but that's still like an hour with the pace of some of these games okay so i watch at least six nba games a week i didn't want to miss march madness okay um and so i this is not a great content time for me wise or a great time for me content wise but I could not miss Succession. I had to make sure I watched it. My, you know, when I w- do these podcasts with you, Zach, I have to watch it two times for maximum effect. I could not skip my two times for Succession this week. Um, it was an absolute must. And I, at some point, I'm going to catch up on Mandalorian, right? And the episodes are a lot shorter <laughs> than Succession. Um, yeah, a lot shorter. But there's, it just goes to show how much great content there is. Um, just let's what was your favorite thing about it when you started watching succession? Cause I know you're a little bit later to the game than I was. I started, so I'll start with like my, what hooked me. I was like, okay, you know, season three is coming out. This was 21. I was like, okay, season three is coming out. I need to, everyone's talking about this show. Let's see what it's about. I tried watching it before and I was like, but then the second time it just hit right and I'm like oh I finally get what this is about like I finally see what everyone's talking about now so it, was it all me. just made it all just made sense so like did you just have like a flashbulb moment where after me and Bryce were just pestering you <laughs> where you're just like oh hey this I see why everyone's telling me I would love this show it's because I love this show it's the thing I loved about it was I was intrigued by Brian Cox being in the show because he's typically this prestigious, like <laughs> he plays these villainous roles in movies. I mean, he played Hannibal Lecter in the Michael Mann film, Manhunter. He played William Stryker in the X-Men, X-Men 2. Um, he played the stereotypical villainous uh, government guy in the Born trilogy, and so I was. My interest was peaked when when I saw he was, you know, possibly, arguably the main character in the show. Um, and so the first time I watched it, I was like, I'm not really. I made it like three episodes, and I just fell out of it. I do that sometimes with shows. I just fall out of them, and then sometimes I end up revisiting them. Sometimes I don't, but. I revisited this one because uh, you guys were on my ass <laughs> to watch it. And uh, I don't know, something about the second time. I was like, this is a funny show, but it's it's the perfect balance of... I mean, I don't, I don't think it's fair to compare any show to Sopranos, Alex, but Sopranos had that balance of violence and drama and comedy that we really haven't seen in a show. And this one had a similar balance with the comedy and the drama. And it didn't make you feel like an idiot for not knowing anything about the corporate world. 
the corporate business world of of America. And I actually felt like I understood most of what was being dramatized in the show. So the acting is phenomenal. The writing is phenomenal. The the music is phenomenal. That I don't skip this intro ever. I don't skip it. Mm. I don't skip it ever. It's a phenomenal score. Uh, Nicholas Britell. Nicholas Britell is an Brittel. actual star. He is an actual star off of this show. People know who Nicholas stars of this show. Yes, like honest to goodness, him and um, I. I can't remember the actor who plays Greg, but um, Nicholas Braun. I wish I Nicholas Braun. Yes, those two are probably the biggest breakout stars of the show. Um, cause you know, Kieran had been in stuff before, obviously Jeremy Strong had been in stuff before, um, McFadden. I think that's how you pronounce that. Um, I, so I don't know too. much about Brian Sarah, Sarah Snook before. Alan um, Brian, Ruck. Uh, right. Alan Ruck, you know, Cameron and Ferris Bueller's day off, but Nicholas Bertel is going to be like a big time. I'm not going to say he's going to be on the level of like John Williams, but he might have like a actual, like legit movie career now because or like a legit entertainment industry career now because of this show um he's been made an actual star right so (laughs) this show is perfect in a lot of ways and i think the sopranos element is the probably correct thing to say the blend of comedy and drama where like they do a great job of moving the plot along but they also are just fucking hysterical (laughs) All the time, just like yes, this you last tell episode who, was a great example. Zach, I wrote down lines that like I I want just like a, a clear out segment at the end of just the lines I thought were the funniest from the show. You could tell who the writers like want to give the lines to, like the best lines to, and it's clearly Roman, Greg, and Tom. <laughs> um, right. but those those characters. The development has been great. Um, and there's a lot of tragic themes. There's a lot of just great oh, themes in sure. the show. I mean, I've, I don't know if I've texted I mean, Kendall, you this. Kendall himself is just a, probably the most tragic character in the show. This guy was supposed to take over, you know, he's supposed to take over one of the biggest companies in the world. And then he just gets in his own way. I compare all the kids to Sisyphus at some point, you know, and for those of you who don't know, each season is the kids having a Sisyphus moment, right? Where they each are going up the mountain. Sisyphus is the one who gets punished by Hades and he has to push the boulder up the mountain. And then every day he has to start over with the boulder at the base of the mountain. And so it's like they're getting so close to getting their objective. And then all of a sudden it's for naught, right? Season one, Kendall crashing into the lake. Season two, um, Shiv, you know, <laughs> Shiv with the pierces. And that right. was more in the middle of the season, but Shiv kind of that Shiv season two was Shiv's season to crash and burn. And then season three was Roman season to crash and burn. Like you could see at the end of season three, Jerry, Jerry, <laughs> right? Like the other two had been used to getting fucked by their dad, <laughs> but. Roman was kind of in this place where like he didn't think it was going to happen to him and it was it's such great writing and I think it leads me to wonder where they're going to go with season four I know we'll have questions for that but 
who's going to be the Sisyphus of season four? Like, there's clearly been one every season. Someone's had to crash and burn every season. And obviously, Kendall's been one who crashes and burns more than most. Kendall's, you know... He's a punching bag for Logan. He's a punching bag. He's emotionally very unstable. Um, Oh, yeah. But he's probably the most fascinating character on the show, but... We can talk more about the show later. I know we have other stuff we need to get into. Yes, we'll definitely get into the show. There's no there's no question. But Alex, a cinema tradition, things we've seen lately, good or bad. I'll take this one first, if you don't mind, because I just fit. Re- I just recently finished yesterday uh, a docu series on Netflix, who just quite frankly just dominates that genre docu series. Uh, Madoff, the monster of Wall Street, uh, of course, about Bernie Madoff, who ran the biggest Ponzi scheme in history over almost $65 billion, Alex. $65 billion in fake money, basically fake money. I thought this was a great docuseries. It's by Joe Berlinger, Alex, who, uh, was the main guy behind the Bundy tapes and the, the Gacy tapes and uh, all that stuff. So if you like that, I don't know if you watch those, but if you like that, if you like that kind of style of crime documentaries, you'll, you'll definitely like this. Uh, it features interviews with Madoff when he was in jail. Um, it features interviews with people who worked in his office during the Ponzi scheme. And really eye-opening, especially from a victim standpoint. You don't realize how much this guy fucked people's lives up. Uh, There was one one guy who was being interviewed in particular with his wife who he was couldn't hold back. He couldn't contain himself with uh, tears. He got his house taken away. He got his life savings taken away his kids college fund was pissed down the drain all cause he invested his money with, with the wrong guy. Um, but it's only, it's only uh, four episodes. It's a quick watch. If you, uh, want to pound out a, a documentary, uh, really cool stuff I really liked it. Quick question. Um, yeah. Do they, do they talk about the Mets at all? They do talk about the Mets owner. Um, the Wilpons. His name? Wilpon, yes. They talk about the Wilpons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steven Spielberg? Steven Spielberg is floated? Really? I don't know how much money he had in this. Uh, it couldn't have been much because Spielberg right. is doing fine. But his but name the Wilpons, the Wilpons were... The Mets were being ran like... If memory serves, the Mets were being ran like um the A's for a minute there. And you see what um, Stephen Cohen's doing with them now, where they are being ran right. like a proper New York City team. They're being run like the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fun fact, the Mets have the best World Series odds right now. Well, are you taking them? I am not because I can't trust the Mets. Just as an organization, I can't trust the Mets. They do have but. Scherzer and Verlander, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, they do. They do. They Reunited do. again. And, and they're not in the AL Central, so. 
That's true. Reunited again, uh, what, 10 years later? Right. So, and there's still, there's still elite pitchers. That's the craziest part of it. Verlander's still hitting long, 100 miles an hour in the eighth inning. Dude, longevity, man. We've seen it in football with Tom Brady. We're seeing it in basketball with LeBron. And now we're seeing it with, with those guys. But, uh, Alex, what, what have you seen? I got a couple more things, but I haven't heard from you in a while with the content stuff besides basketball. What have you well, been able to squeeze in? Can I just say, um, the Washington Wizards, please don't ever watch the Washington Wizards. Um, <laughs> Washington Wizards, you do a podcast- watching the Wizards is like watching uh, like the most recent Die Hard movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse. Just you, you want to kill yourself the whole time. Like, it's like watching a fast movie with Get no Vin drink. Diesel or uh, it's like watching Hobbs a fast Shaw. movie, but yeah, it's like watching Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> it's, that's a great way to put it. Um, but there's there's still there's no Shaw. It's just Hobbs. So so it's just I another made, generic rock movie. I made it specifically for you. Um, Miss me. Miss me I'd say probably the biggest thing I watched recently, I I'm chipping away at Breaking Bad, man. I'm chipping away at it. It's going to be my summer thing. I'm like halfway through season. Not, I'm not even halfway through. I'm like a quarter of the way through season three. Awesome. Um, I, they just threw the pizza on the roof. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm an episode past that one. But pizza on the roof. That's that's about the area where I'm on. I Again, this is a bad time. Once the playoffs start. I'll have more time for shows. Less, you know, there's less sports on, you know. Listen, man, you're talking about tragedies. The pizza on the roof. I mean, that was a good pizza. That was a good pizza. It's just, it's just gone now. It's gone. Nobody can enjoy that pizza. What was very lucky, I'll just say. Um, Spoiler alert for Breaking Bad. That's a theme. That's a theme. But anyway. Um... There's a movie I've wanted to be to watch. I haven't had the time for it. Um, I wanted to watch it for this segment, but so I could sound really smart. But I'll just bring it up anyway, even though I haven't really watched it recently. I watched it a while ago. Again, I think the intent counts here, given my lack of time. It's a it's a Mexican movie called Amores Perros, directed by um, Inuritu. Stall, yeah. Stars um, Gail. Garcia Bernal, I'm sure I butchered that. Um, Emilio Echeverria, um, some other well-known Mexican actors. I watched this a while ago for a Spanish class. Um, This is a movie that really stuck with me, which is the reason why I wanted to watch it. Again, just haven't had time. But, you know, next time, hopefully next time we do this podcast, I will have watched it. Fingers crossed, of course. Um, Amores Perros roughly translates to loves a bitch in Spanish. Um, and it's kind of, I have you seen this movie, Zach? I have not. Okay. You need to watch director, this. So you need to watch this movie because it is very Tarantino esque in terms of like timelines and like, um, the storytelling it all. Like it's really like kind of like Pulp Fiction in a way. Um, oh. All the storylines, there's like three disparate storylines, but they all come tied together at the end, like kind of like at the diner in Pulp Fiction. 
Um, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Um, and I, I look at it right I, now. I wanted to watch it. Um, but Inuritu, Zach, I know you have a lot of respect for him. And oh god, yeah, it's just a great movie, and I think you would appreciate it. It's on Prime Video for free if anyone wants to watch it. Amoris yes. Peros. Yeah, he he is. <laughs> Thing about Inuritu is people take for granted what he did from a historical standpoint. He won two consecutive Best Director awards, which. <laughs> To my knowledge, has never happened before. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think that's ever happened before. He won it for Birdman and then The Revenant. Just an incredible director. Um, well, I'm definitely this one of his add first that to movies. my list on Prime then. Yeah, it was his directorial debut. I just looked it up. Yeah. It's incredible. It's a great movie, Zach. You you would love it. Um Again, I want to watch it. Well, I'm adding it. I'm adding it to my list on Prime as we speak. So, because I will stand for that guy, like you would never believe. Yeah, all time great movie. Yes, featured uh, directorial debut, Alejandro and Yuri too. You can, you watch it. Can, I want you man, to tell me. I could like do you, a whole pod on unbelievable directorial debuts. You're talking about Tarantino, Reservoir Dogs, Reservoir Dogs. Right. Right. That's, um, that'd be a great pod. You anyway, watch yeah. this movie. You tell me, like, and I, I will be shocked if you don't say that you can't see the Tarantino influence. Like, especially with the um storytelling aspect of it. Like, because, you know, it came out in the same time frame, you know, 2001. I mean, what Pulp Fiction was, 94. Um, right. Reservoir Dogs Jackie was, Brown 90. was 97. Right, yeah, I mean, Reservoir Dogs. Ninety two, so yeah, so he had already ripped off three bangers, and yeah, uh, it, people it were trying the to... reason. But yeah, that's this is a movie again. I was like, man, I need to sound really smart on the first Succession pod, and there's just I didn't get around to it. It happens. <laughs> well, it just made my list on Prime Video. I'm gonna check that out. Uh, I'm actually gonna recommend that to my brother. I think he would like it too. But. Uh, and his last couple things I've watched lately. Um, so after Madoff, I just continued the, the docuseries kick, went right into Fierce City, New York versus the Mafia. Uh, again, if you like crime stuff, Mafia is kind of its own brand of crime. Um, and it's really hard to find. I've I, At least I have found it's really hard to find good documentaries or historical shows about the mafia and this one fear city new york versus the mafia on netflix first episode i was like i'm in i'm in dude it was all about bugging the house of paul castellano who was once the don of the gambino crime family who arguably the biggest crime family in new york city and I was all in and there's only three episodes. Uh, they're about an hour each. So pretty quick watch, but um, as somebody who used to be on a pod with my uncle about the mob, uh, I couldn't get enough of it and I can't believe I'm just not getting around to it. So 
I was gonna Check say Paul Castellano. That's seen the, it. <laughs> Paul Castellano. That's a name I recognized <laughs> from listening to the pods. Partners so. in crime. Yeah, partners in crime. Uh, big Paul Castellano. Yeah, and he is actually the victim of a John Gotti hit, and that is what made John Gotti the boss of that family. So John Gotti made his uh, bones by killing Paul Castellanos. There's a little fun fact for you. Uh, and then the last couple of things, Alex, you will not be surprised at all that I've watched these recently. Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2. Uh, Monday night, had a couple of drinks. I was like, fuck it. And I threw on Spider-Man 1, watched it in its entirety. And then yesterday uh, with my good friend Cooper Rogel, we watched Spider-Man 2. In beautiful 4K fashion, of course. Uh, and it was it was great. It was great stuff. It's always great. But uh, That's, I, I'm happy for you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, and a couple of things in the news I want to hit on, Alex, before we get into the the Succession episode. House of the Dragon season two, a uh, show. You and I are both big fans of as 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 uh, two people who watch Game of Thrones. Season two of House of the Dragon is only going to be eight episodes long. Alex, the last time we got a short season of a Game of Thrones property, it didn't go well. What are your thoughts on on that? Well, first, what are your thoughts on House of the Dragon? Just in general, what what did you think of season one? I loved it personally. I loved it. Season one was incredible. Um, Matt Smith was amazing. I, I forget all their names because <laughs> they're all so similar. Um, but Rhaenyra, I, I'm firmly on team team black. I'm firmly on team black. I am not on team mm-hmm. green. Um, I think. I'm choosing to look at this as we are getting a ton of set pieces, right? Like, like hard home or like, um, right. You know, battle of Blackwater Bay, you know, stuff like that. And you know, they have, their budget is huge. It's not that huge. (laughs) So I'm guessing. And season two, season one was like the politics, you know, behind the war season two is going to be the war. And I think we're going to see mostly battles in season two. I don't think we're going to see, you know, a whole lot of politics and like Tywin Lanners, their kind of stuff. Right. I think we're like backdoor stuff. We're going to see mostly scheming. Right. Right. I think we're going to see mostly um, on the battlefield stuff. We're going to see the big set pieces. And I think I'm choosing to look at it that way, because if I look at it any other way, I'm going to cry because <laughs> you're right. Yeah. The last time they did this, it was abject and utter failure because um, Benioff and Weiss, they went, they want, wanted to go do Star Wars and then their Star Wars project got scrapped. Right. So, I mean, I don't want to say those guys mailed it in on season. What was it? Season seven and eight. Season six. Season eight. Season eight was the last season, right? It was yeah. the last season. So I don't I don't want to say they mailed it in on season eight, but they kind of did. I'll they say they mailed did. it Especially in. Especially with only six episodes. I mean, that's fine. I mean, that's fine if you want to say they mailed it in. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to qualm with that. 
but I, I kind of did. I'll know say him. these showrunners seem much more. Um, I listened to the official uh, House of the Dragon podcast. Um, I know you liked binge mode just as much as I did, so I listened out of loyalty for yeah, Concepcion. Um, love that guy. So I listened to the original, or I listened to the House of the Dragon pod. Um, it's still going on, but I stopped listening once the show ended. Um, but the showrunner seems to have a much deeper appreciation for the Game of Thrones lore than Benioff and Weiss did. And I'm I'm hoping that too <laughs> combined. And I think George is more involved in this. George was pretty hands off. Yeah, he definitely is. He definitely is more um, involved. George was hands off in the original show. I think he's much more like he's like I'm not letting you guys do this to me a second time because yeah. we saw everything he touches with this is gold. Um. Yeah. So I'm hoping. Finish the finish wins, George. First and foremost, but <laughs> it's never gonna happen. He's working on he, it. I want some pages, George. <laughs> He's working on it. He's been working on it for what ten years? What has it been? <laughs> um, Dance of the Dragon came out in 2010, Zach. Okay, so 13 years. All right, all right. So I could have gone through K through 12 again, and yeah. George still wouldn't be done with it. Okay. If you were born in 2000... If you were born in 2005, you did go through K through 12 without a new Game of Thrones book. (laughs) Unless he magically drops one before June, which I don't think he will. No, Um, I don't think that's possible. Listen, but I'm with you. I, I thought House of the Dragon was awesome. Rhaenyra, great protagonist. Uh, what what do you think of the time jump? I I know a lot of people had a problem with it. I didn't mind it. I was a little confused at first. Um, but I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. It kind of tells me it, that this show's not going to be as long as its predecessor was. It made sense in the context of the show. You're right. I think three seasons probably at most. Or they keep going and they keep. Wow. I think the lot like if they like. Well, the spinoffs keep, aren't going to stop. Spinoffs aren't going right. to stop. That's for sure. the The logical ending point for this show is um is the Robert Baratheon war. You know, like where oh, the war that Robert Baratheon talking about. Um, hit him with a hammer. Robert's rebellion. Gods, I was strong then. <laughs> Your mother My was voice. a dumb whore with a fat ass. Did you know that? Lancel. Gods, what a stupid name. <laughs> I couldn't... You know it was going to come up, especially once I brought up Robert. But in all seriousness, I think Robert's Rebellion is the logical endpoint. If Especially if they keep time jumping like this. Because that's we're not very right. far removed in the timeline. Because what, Jon Snow is only... No, not terribly. No. Eight lines are moved from Rhaenyra. Um, yeah. So you don't have to go very many gen- generations to get to um, the time of Robert and Robert Baratheon and Eddard Stark. <laughs> I don't know why I called him Eddard instead of Ned. But... Because um, that's what... Uh... 
Ed Odd Stock. That's what Robert first called him. Ed Odd Stock. <laughs> you know, like young Tywin Lannister scheming. That would be cool to see. Um, but I, I, I also wouldn't be surprised if they end it, you know, before that. There's a lot of different ways this could go. And I think that's what's cool about the Game of Thrones lore. George does a like. I haven't finished the books. I stopped like halfway through a clash of Kings because again, what was the point of finishing the book if it's not finished? Um, but one thing George does a great job of is establishing the lore of his story within the books. So, and obviously he published, you know, the book that the, um, a dance I mean, of dragons he's, is. Yeah. He, he's or the house one of the dragons based builders on we've ever had. Yeah. For real. Like he, he took what Tolkien did and he built like he put even more detail into it. And like he also is a compelling storyteller, too. It's really hard to do what George yeah. did. Like he bridged both things, which is why I think he's genuinely having a hard time finishing. Um, So to answer the original question about the length of the show, I, I think it could go. It really could go three or five seasons or four. It just depends on what they want to do. Um, like you said, they, they have a Jon Snow to show in development. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they do. Kit Harrington's Kit not done playing. Back. Yeah, Kit Harrington's not done playing Jon Snow. Um, Which that takes place after the Game of Thrones after finale. He's, after he stabs the Daenerys. Which right. <laughs> I will be excited to watch. Him and um, him and Tormund just going around the, right. uh, yeah. with the other wildlings. That'll be an exciting show. Maybe Arya. It'll be like, what if it was like a sitcom? And Arya comes in and she gets the applause, like the applause track. <laughs> it is like all the character, like all the characters make an appearance off the camera. It's a single camera sitcom show. <laughs> be I funny. don't know. But yeah, there's a lot of different ways they could go with it. And I'm excited to see how they approach it. I'm excited for it too. It's one of my favorite shows of last year. Um, I can't, I can't wait for it. I, I can't wait for it. It's a shame. It's not this year. Um, and then the last bit of news here, Alex, we got some news for the Batman part two, a couple days ago, Clayface was confirmed to be appearing in the Batman part two. Uh, I am personally all in for this. I am just wondering which version of Clayface they're going to use. There's two main ones um, that they could use that have been adapted before. Basil Carlo, who was the first Clayface, and then Matt Hagen, who was the second one. I, I don't really care which one they use, but I think it's going to be one of those two. Um, Alex, you saw the Batman, right? The first one? I did. So uh, here's what, what, what do you think of it? I actually have a question for you. Sure. How many characters are going to be in the Batman 2? <laughs> well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you. Let me tell you right now. You can miss me on making the Joker one of the main villains because we Who's, have had too many Jokers. Can I, can I ask you a question? Well, yeah. Would the better would the better question be who's not going to be in the Batman two? Is the Penguin going to be in the Batman two? Is um, 
I, Penguin, I like that have... is to be determined because he has a show coming out later this year on HBO. I feel like that we're to be determined. Like, listen, Batman has an impressive, you know, rogues catalog. Right? It's, the best, rogues it's catalog. the best rogues gallery. Him and Spider-Man have the best rogues galleries. It's without question. Yeah. But you don't need to put them all in the same fucking movie. Because <laughs> isn't so, Paul Dano coming back? Yes, but I feel like that'll be more of a bit role. And I'm not sure Clayface is going to be the main villain. I still personally would love to see a Mr. Freeze. Um, I, that, that would have been my pick. But, you know, since he's going with more of a detective approach, I thought Man Bat would have been a good pick. That would have been a good mystery to have. Uh, I don't know if you ever played the Arkham games, Alex, but in Arkham Knight. Okay, well, in Arkham Knight, which is the third game of the main trilogy there's a side mission with man bat who man bat is basically this doctor who was working on bats and it's like a it's kind of like a werewolf thing where at night he turns into a bat and i thought that would have been a good detective thing for this one but i i'm totally fine with clayface totally fine with it i don't know if he's gonna be the main villain I don't really care either way if he is or he isn't, but I was just glad to get some news about this movie because I am, I am hyped as hell for it. Unfortunately, we don't get it until 25, but still. Nice. <laughs> that sounds a lot farther away than it actually is, though. 25. Yeah, I mean, we're already we're already 25% done with 2023, believe it or not. And what? That's... The Batman came out in March 2022. The Batman, yeah, about a year ago this month. A year ago so, this month. Yeah, I mean the difference between the first, like, I mean the Batman normal. trilogy. Three years between yeah. movies. That's 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 not uncommon. So, <laughs> Begins in Dark Knight was three years. Um, Dark Knight, yeah, Dark Knight Rises is four years. So I mean. You know, it's it's not. It just seems like a long time to wait, especially when the first one is so good. You don't want to have to wait, but it takes a while. And this is a this is one where I'm willing. This is a director and a story where I'm willing to wait. I don't really care how long sure. it takes because I know I know it's, I know the wait's gonna pay off. If you're not wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> Alright Alex, so when this was announced that the fourth season was going to be the last one what were your initial thoughts? Did you think it was going to be a good point to end the show on or were you hoping for more or what, what were your thoughts? I wanted five seasons. I thought five was going to be the logical like you know let's be honest here okay most of the great shows have gone at least five seasons now there hasn't been a ton of like super great shows breaking bad five seasons um i haven't seen it but better call Saul was what six seasons sopranos seven seasons um the wire five seasons you know you could go down the list i i think game of thrones eight game of thrones eight i mean you could say only five of those were good but i i guess you could look at it this way but the points if they felt I guess if they felt like they only had four good ones, 
then I'd rather them not. I guess I'm trying to find the right way to phrase this. I'd rather them not. And I overextend themselves the wrong word. I'd rather them not do what they don't want to do. <laughs> that was a bad way of phrasing it, but I think you get what I'm trying to say where I don't want them to make succession because they have to keep making it. I want them to tell the story they want to tell. And if they think it's the suitable way to end the show, and if they think it's the way the show should end, then I think that I'm going to have to be content with that because so far what Jesse Armstrong and co have shown me, Jesse Armstrong, the creator of the show, what they've shown me is that they have clear mastery over this story. And so they've earned that benefit of the doubt in a way like, you know, Benny off and Weiss, like we were talking about earlier, they they've earned the benefit of the doubt that those two didn't. All so right. I think that's where I landed on it. Well, like I was sad at first, but I, I've come to accept it like, oh, you know, this is just a part of it. If Armstrong and co feel like it's the end, then it probably is the end. How did you feel? Yeah, I agree. No, I agree with that. What you just said that if, if they think it's the end and I'll trust them. I mean, up to this point, they've given me no reason not to. So... <laughs> Especially uh, considering everything that happened last season, last season was definitely a turning point. Uh, uh, specifically, when you're talking about the finale, like that was a def- definitive turning point with the kids getting one of the biggest screwing screwings we've ever seen on the show, and we've seen a lot of them. So, um, I, I I was fine with it. Um, of course, as just being selfish, I want more. I want more uh, succession to chow down on, but I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Uh, they're they're going out on top. You know, there's there's been some shows like The Walking Dead, for instance. The Walking Dead just went on too long. Um, Game of Thrones, you could argue, went on too long. So, um. I, th- I like that they're going out on top. <laughs> Alex, let's get into the categories here. Oh, yeah. Best scene. I came up with three. Let me know if you had any other ones, but the bidding war with Nan near the middle of the episode where the kids are bidding against Logan for Nan's company. They eventually end up buying it for a staggering 10 billion where even Logan has to has to throw in the towel. Uh, And then we have Shiv and Tom basically talking about how their marriage just fell apart at the end of the episode. And then uh, the Logan roast session where Logan's basically asking everyone in the room to roast them. Uh, In my opinion, the funniest part of the the episode but uh who, you got who had the worst roast before before i add because i have i have some nominations who had the worst roast between worst like it jerry wasn't good jerry didn't really have one whose was worse between carl and why can't i ever remember his frank. carl and frank whose was worse frank didn't even try frank didn't even try got out of fear i think he still fears logan because Logan can fire him well, at any second. He's Carl was fired vi- by Logan. Carl was a victim of the infamous bore on the floor. Yeah, he was. God. <laughs> bore on the floor. Though so he was a little scared too. 
Um, what about Greg? Greg was victimized. Greg just. <laughs> Greg though. Greg got like a shot eth- in. Greg at least got a shot in. You know. Greg has an ethereal confidence about him. Greg is like the J.R. Smith of this show. He should not be as confident as he is. But, and it's not to say he's not good. He is very good. Irrational confidence. He he thinks he's a superstar. He's like a role player. He's a role player. But his thinking he's a superstar makes him one of the best characters on this show. Yeah. Um, I think, speaking of Greg... This isn't like probably on the quality of those scenes because the buying the company from Nan Pierce, that whole sequence is like peak succession. Like what you love about the show, you know, the business talk, you know, Nan being like uncomfortable. Can you give me five? It's just like the, it's just like the Skarsgård scenes last season. Yes. Skarsgård. Um, who was the guy who was in the, um, who's in the pianist? Um, Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody, his scenes like they, this show does upper echelon, like wealthy, incredibly well. Um, but I think my favorite part of the episode was them talking about Bridget, <laughs> Greg's date to yeah. Logan's party. Um, yeah, I, I wrote down some quote. I told Zach, I wrote down some quotes for this episode. And what they said about Bridget's handbag. She's brought a ludicrously capacious bag. Um, and they're like, what did she bring? Flats for the train on the way back? There was something else they said she brought too. But they were just roasting the bag the whole time. They were just roasting Bridget, roasting Greg the whole time over this date. And yes, Greg um, did sneak off to the bedroom at one point. Oh, we'll talk about and that. We'll talk about that. By the way, I don't know if we're going to talk about this much. How much are we going to hear about the Disgusting Brothers? I, See, I feel like that's going to... The Disgusting Brothers... The real Disgusting Brothers are Roman and Kendall, in my opinion. In my opinion. If you want to use that nickname, use it properly... To people, it actually applies to. I w- I would say, Kendall and Roman. Um, I I think that the disgusting brothers thing, though. I mean, Shiv brings it up to Tom at the end of the episode, which, by the way, that yeah. I think also qualifies the whole talk at the end of the episode where they're. I think that. Was I mean, that's basically scene, the quite frankly. That's basically the dissolution of their marriage. I don't yeah, think there's any over. coming back. Like. We knew it was dead, but now it was, it's yeah, dead. Yeah, if it wasn't over before then, now it's 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 flatlined, gone. Yeah. And let Mondale out of his cage. <laughs> let him out of his cage. That cage sucks. By the that way. That cage sucks. Also, we're sure Mondale can't jump over that. I'm pretty sure he can. Are, also, is there a more appropriate, like, rich, um, liberal name for a dog than Mondale? <laughs> Mondale named after a a vice president. <laughs> I don't think there is. I don't think this show does like it. It does writing so well. It's just like the little Mondale. things like that. Walter Mondale, Alex. 
had one of the most embarrassing losses in election history. Just I don't know why I bring this up, but he's just he's just associated in my mind with being blown out in the election. Didn't he only nineteen eighty four presidential election, Alex? Ronald Reagan versus Walter Mondale. Ronald Reagan won five hundred and twenty five electoral votes to thirteen for Walter Mondale. You know, that's um which makes it all the funnier, by the way, that this is someone that Shiv looks up to. All time right. loser. <laughs> and this is this is someone who Shiv and Tom ostensibly look up to to name their dog after. Who who do you think whose idea do you think it was to name the dog Mondale? It has to be Shiv's, right? Just knowing her Yeah, I think it has to be because she's more into pol- way more into politics than than Tom is. And she's by far the most like liberal person on the show. Like, yeah. It, it has, oh God. It yeah. has, has to be her. Um, I, <laughs> that's why I love this show. There's so much to talk about. Like you could dis- discuss this show from so many different angles. <laughs> um, by the way, another line I thought was hilarious <laughs> was when they were talking about Nan Pierce and she's like, they're the left is coming at her. And he's like, Oh great. The left eating their own. <laughs> and him just being all smug about it the pierces yeah. are i hate i hate the pierces they're so they're the worst i can't stand them at all um just a quick aside like a mirror, they're just a mirror image of the roys you know they're, exactly but they're they act like they're more presentable and better you know <laughs> in a way or the the roys just show you who they really are like like roman exactly. roman's the best example of that Kendall, especially in these later seasons, just caring less and less about what people think about him. But I think the bidding war where, you know, Nan's acting all like offended. I think that's a good representation of that because she's acting like, oh, my gosh, you know, I can't believe I'm in the middle of a bidding war. But she secretly deep down, you know, she loves it. You know, she loves yeah, it's hearing a pride the thing. Ten- Especially with that big legacy media company, she loves hearing ten billion. Yeah. she's like the Roy's are going to give me ten billion dollars for my company. Sure. So, plus she also gets to spite her rival by giving it to his kids and not him. Exactly. So you yeah, can no, argue, you know, Nan is the big. You know, I'll just get into the next category, Alex. Big winner of the episode. Can you make a case? It's Nan. I I personally say it's the kids. But who do you, who, who do you have as the big winner for Succession season four episode one? The monsters. Um, it has. I think it's the kids for now. Of course. Um, I think it's all going to collapse in the next episode. But for now, they have a unified front. Um, they all came to a decision collectively. This is the first time in however long that they've all agreed on something. How many of these episodes have we seen where they've all just fought and fought and fought? And they, you know, Kendall and Shiv will want something, but Roman won't want it. Or Roman and Kendall will want something, but Shiv won't want it. Like, you know, the three of them can't come to consensus on anything, but they were able to come to consensus on this. Um, they, yeah. I'm, Nan Pierce is the real winner, though, because she's going to get $10 billion. Here's the question, Zach. 
where is that ten billion dollars coming from? <laughs> and we're gonna Telus ask the guy on the phone. Telus made it. Telus. These names they come up with. Telus. Humphrey. Yeah. Humphrey. Have you? There's no one you would you would never ever ever meet anyone named Humphrey. I'm sorry. Humphrey. It's one of the stupidest Humphrey. names I've ever heard. Um, but Telly, I'll just call him Telly. Telly said they had enough money. I don't know where they're getting this money from because I don't. Know I, I don't. I think something's gonna. I I don't think. Um, Matson's getting Gojo. I, I think that's gonna fuck up, and they're not gonna have the money to buy Pierce. I, I don't know. I I just feel well, it in my I bones. I agree with you. There's there's a there's a fucking coming. Well, there's next episode or the one after that. I don't know. Seems like every episode ends with, or every season ends with, some kind of screwing over. But Alex, you're talking about the kids sticking together. We technically have two episodes in a row here where they've stuck together. Season three finale and now the season four premiere. They've come together in a unified front against Papa Logan. Interesting. It's interesting. You know know who else is a winner of the episode? Connor for, um, getting Willa to, (laughs) getting Willa to, to agree to a shenanigans at the wedding. Um, he's gonna win the election, Connor. isn't he? <laughs> well, I think that's the way the show is going. Either that, or he's gonna look like a complete idiot. Let's let's just get into that part. The block in the back award, uh, arguably the signature category on 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 the show here. The block in the back award. We have Connor. Spending a hundred million dollars to get a measly one percent of the vote in the election. That would be my vote personally. That for, for Connor to get the block of the backboard. Then we have Greg getting laid on Logan's home security cameras. And then we have Greg goading Logan into roasting him. Which Alex, I sent you that TikTok. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I think do you it have, has to do you be have Connor. Any, any dad here? It has to be Connor. It has to be Connor, I, right? It has to be. I don't think it can. Shiv, maybe. Although Shiv um, unblocked herself by playing the divorce card when doing the Nan Pierce negotiation, which we didn't talk about. She's like, I'm divorcing Tom. And Nan Pierce was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, they didn't know that. Great, great chess move. Um, yeah. By Shiv. Shiv was on fire in this episode. Like, but she did have she some was. blocks in the back. Great she, this is the Shiv experience. <laughs> Just being honest. So she, she's the hitter who's going to strike out three times, but then she's going to hit a 600 foot home run. Okay. So. The reason it's not Greg is because Greg tells Logan about what happened on the cameras and Logan wasn't mad at him <laughs> about yeah. the sex. He's like, okay, that's cool. He's like, fine. It's like, that's fine with me. And then 
Greg gets a solid like in on Logan before Logan Logan was on the defensive when he hit back. Logan or Greg got a solid hit on him when he said, yeah, "Where's he your did. kids? Where's your kids, Where's Uncle your Logan? Kids? On your birthday." That was a solid lick by Greg, and so that's why I don't think he gets a block in the back because he might have got hit, but he got his hits in. And he got a hit in. And I actually want to ask you about that. So Logan, unironically, gives us some background info on Greg's dad that we didn't know before, right? We didn't know that before. About I Greg's assume, dad. I assumed he was talking about Uncle or Grandpa Ewan. No. He said old man. Where's your old man? So dad? I'm guessing... Yeah, Greg's dad. I'm guessing we're getting something like well, I want some background info. What does he mean at the county fair doing a sexual act at the county fair that I won't repeat on the pod here? But what does he mean, Alex? I want I need some background info about what happened. You won't repeat it, but it's in my um <laughs> I'll find right, no, it. Say it. Where's your old man? Still sucking cock at the county fair? <laughs> Listen, it's a Where's succession podcast. We're gonna, huh? We're gonna Where's have to. We're gonna have to talk. Still we're sucking have to cock have at the county words. fair. You don't Did have a half bad Logan impression. What was that? Did we get a fuck off in this episode? Yeah, from Tom to Shiv. That's right. We did. We did. No, my Logan impression is not bad. It's not bad. I've also watched that TikTok like five times, so I kind of mastered it. Still sucking cock at the county fair. You need to master your Logan impression because we could use it. Um, that scene, <laughs> Logan was hit because he really wanted Pierce, or he really wanted. I think a PGN is the official name. He really yeah. wanted that. You could tell he was. I wouldn't say hurt. That brings us into the next category, Alex. Who got it the worst? I have it. Logan. Logan loses the bidding war to his kids for Pierce. A, a property he was trying to buy for all years. He was trying to buy it for years. And he loses it to his kids. Has to be him, right? Who got it the worst? Who else could There's it be? There's no one else. There's no one else that could be because he was going to get it for like 20 million, 20 billion less than he was going to originally buy it for in season two. Um, Because in season two, I think the asking price was 25 billion when the whole fiasco went down, you know, Shiv's Sisyphean moment, if you will. Um, Dad just made me the CEO, which we saw how that turns out. Um, And not the case. Very much not the case. It's Logan by a landslide because his kids aren't there. He's very clearly not happy at the party. Very clearly. Oh, he's Um, annoyed. Bridget asks him for a selfie. (laughs) Big mistake. It's like she comes up to Greg. She's like, I think we got to go. It's like why? I asked Logan, Logan for a selfie. Know how to, he doesn't know how to smile. 
He doesn't know how to smile. I'm not. When's the last time we saw him smile? That's a good. He smiled at Tom at the end of season three. Yes, Tom so, yes. Tom but bailed his Logan's, ass out. I thought we had a very um we had a very important conversation with Logan in this episode though. He did catch a ton of L's, but we learned a lot about his relationship with Colin in this episode. Yeah, Colin, this is, for yeah. those yeah. who like, you're like, who the, the hell is Colin? Basically. You guys are throwing a lot of names at me. Colin's the big menacing guy who keeps intimidating. Basically Kendall. the bodyguard. Right. He's the one who knows where the bodies are buried for Logan. Um, And he, he tells, took care of the, the waiter thing. Mm-hmm. He tells um Colin in this episode, he's like, you're my best pal. And they, I feel like they have a very deep conversation. I like how he Irish goodbyed his own birthday party. Yeah. Um. And they just went to a random diner. Just went on a random walk in the middle of the park in the middle of his birthday party. Is their best. Um, exactly. I, I think that's going to be important later on but other than that it was not a very good episode for old Logue I've never heard anyone else I've never heard so many people call him Logue it's kind of off putting Tom called him Logue Logue is not I, I, if I was named Logan I would not want to be called Logue no me neither me neither it's not like if all. I called you it's like if I called you <laughs> Za 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 Zach. Zach. That'd be probably that'd be what if I called you Al? I would I would give your podcast to Bryce. Al <laughs> Albert. <laughs> I I hate being called Al. I hate being called Alexander. I prefer Alex. Just like I would yeah. Logue. Ugh, so nasty. Yeah, that um, would piss me off too if my name was Logan. I I think this episode too has just so many like <sighs> the kids won so much it's not possible for them to win this much the next episode that kind no, of be they're, my they're, they're gonna take L's next episode without question but that it, brings me go to, ahead. to one of the last things Alex here before we get into this new award I want to unveil. Big predictions for this season. How is it going to end? A lot of people theorizing Logan will die. You know, like he almost did in the pilot episode of the series. Uh, are the kids finally going to come out on top? Is Logan going to come out on top per usual? What side is Tom going to land on? Because I... I, I I personally think there's a chance Tom could. I think a lot hinges on Tom here. Tom could be playing this side of the fence with Logan to try and get back with Shiv and be getting the good graces with her again. Basically, save the marriage at the same time too. So, <laughs> big predictions for this season, Alex. Do you do you buy that Logan could possibly die? Uh, who do you think comes out on top? 
what do you what do you have for the season? Well, if there's one person who's going to come out on top, Marsha will come back from the dead, baby. She's coming back. <laughs> She's shopping in Milan. I think, by the way, Carrie, throwing 100 miles an hour in this episode. You don't like Carrie, but yeah, she was. She was. She, not my favorite, like. Get your dad's cock. Get our dad's cock out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you need to let me get these quotes. Let me read these quotes just because they're yes. fucking hysterical. Um, I think Logan could die. I wouldn't put that past them. I think the most likely outcome is Logan winning because it would subvert yeah. our expectations. Always is. The, expecta- <laughs> the expectation, if you were writing this conventionally, would be okay, season one, Kendall loses. Season one, season two, Shiv loses. Season three, Roman loses. Season four, now it's the big man's turn. I think Logan and Tom are going to come out on top because Tom is the classic case of your man who married into money and then somehow Mm -hmm. ended up even richer. And he's failing his way to the top, basically. (laughs) That man should not be running ATN. He, no. he should not be. God no. No. Um but he's not running ATN. Um, basically. He's like I said, he failed his way to the top. Um so uh, you throw Greg in there, because Greg and Tom are basically uh the disgusting brothers. They're a package <laughs> that's gonna come back, Zach. The disgusting brothers. It is gonna the come way- back. The way they kept saying it and how much they kept saying it, um, it's gonna be, it's gonna come back and it's gonna be a huge story at some point. I think that those, I think Logan and Tom are gonna win. But if any of the kids win, it's gonna be Roman. I think I Roman, Roman's the best setup for success, even if he's a weird little fucker. <laughs> I she mean, say that. go back to this hostage um, situation in season two. He was the most composed out of anybody, including, you know, the terrorists, probably. Yeah. No, Roman has Roman has a poise to him and he's actually a decent businessman. If not for the nude, Alex, if not for the missent dick pic. We could be talking about Roman in a in a in a much different light. Listen, you know, anytime you can accidentally send a dick pic to the wrong person, you gotta do it. So, especially your father, if you can send it that to your also, father. If that didn't happen, that wouldn't have created one of the, like the greatest memes of last year. So, um, I think. <laughs> There's no way Kendall wins. Kendall's the Jon Snow of the show, but in like the complete yeah, opposite no, way. He can't win. Yeah. He he just can't win. He's if the he best. Wins, he's the most business savvy out of the three kids, but he just has too many too many drawbacks to him that we've seen to this point. Whether it's the, the drug problem or uh just being literally afraid of his dad. Like he just can't get out of his own way. So yeah, yeah like, you're right about that. Kendall can't win. There's just absolutely no way he can win. And I don't want him to win. No. He doesn't deserve to win. <laughs> He's not a good guy. 
none of them deserve to win. No, okay. they're not especially a good Greg. person in this. There's not a good person here. There isn't. Especially, especially Greg. Greg is because the rest of them, you could be like, oh, you know, haha, they were made this like Logan's a, you know, I can make a case like Logan's, you know, a victim of his circumstances almost. You know, he was, um, he was, he made all his money and then turned into a power hungry tycoon. You know, what, what did you think was going to happen? You know, the kids were born into this massive amount of money. What did you think was going to happen? Tom married into this mother figure, basically. Right. What did you think was going to happen? Greg, he basically just started hanging around the family and was like, oh, well, would you look at that? Now I'm going to start acting like these people. He didn't have to start acting like them. He just did. So he's less of a redeemable Tom and that was it. Exactly. Tom is not the person you want to look up to. Hell no. So two different Toms. There's like two or three different Toms, you know. There's somber Tom. You have, the Tom. you have like the husband Tom, and then you have the scumbag Tom that we see with Greg, and then you have the suck up Tom that, that we see with with Logan. So Zach, but, are you ready for are you ready for my quotes? Yes, feed me the quotes, and then I want to unveil this. I actually want you to unveil this award. Uh, it, it had an unofficial unveiling on Monday in the Mando Pod. Uh, but yeah, considering he's your co-host on the Power Hour, I think I think you should unveil it. But give us I, the quotes. Okay, right off the bat, we have Roman saying he's scared of needles. He's not a real junkie. <laughs> <laughs> Just incredible takedown of Kendall. Um, Carrie telling Greg, "We're not a fucking Shake Shack." talking about his date he when tom is talking about divorcing shiv maybe he says i just wanted to perform the ask out of due deference i thought that line (laughs) i appreciated that line um when they're when so at the beginning of the episode we didn't really talk about this they're meeting with um some people to fund their little startup company that probably just gonna ignore the rest of the season and they're meeting with some shady money people. And Kendall says, Jess, find them a journalist to burn with cigarettes while they wait. <laughs> I thought that line. <laughs> that line, I think, kind of went unnoticed. <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. Um, yeah. Roman. Roman is really well represented in this. Um, he says, dad twisting our turnips, playing the old fuck trombone. <laughs> you could tell the writers really enjoy writing for Roman and Tom in particular. Like those two mm-hmm. characters are their favorites to write for by far. Um, <laughs> I already read the ludicrously capacious bag one. Um, when they're talking about what happened in the room or when they're talking about how the sex happened between Greg and his date, he said they had a bit of a rummage and Tom goes, did you rummage to fruition? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Carl just says at one point, butter my bean pole. (laughs) Tom says at one point, I don't remember who this is about. He says, a bit of a drug-addled cock monster. 
Um, I have to assume this is about his date. Oh, she was a bit high. I don't remember that one. I don't remember that one. Um, when they're talking about what's going on, or when Colin is talking to Greg, he's like, I don't want to see. Greg says, I don't want to see what happens in Guantanamo. Yeah, that's a good one. That was a good one. Um, when before Greg says the roast line, um, Greg says something really sincere to um Logan, and Logan says, "Who wants to smell Greg's finger? Guess the scent. Win a buck." Yeah, yeah, that was that was the best one. That was the best one. Guess the scent. And oh, I think I, I don't think we're gonna top that one. I think that one was probably no, that, that was, was probably, great. <laughs> and then obviously, you know, where's your old man? I mean, you it's have to pay talk at the to- county fair. <laughs> it's gotten better each time you've done it. It's actually incredible how good how good your impression's getting. The Scottish. Um, the Scot you gotta nail the Scottish part of it, but yeah. What um what you have to appreciate about the writing is that the care they put into each line of dialogue. It's just like how much they care about each character's lines. But you could tell they like some characters more than the others. For oh, instance, yeah, like you said. For instance, like Roman, Roman is by far their favorite son. Like it's not close. It's the funniest. He's the funniest character on the show. I think. Um, let me go ahead and introduce this last segment because I was a little bit shocked when I saw this again. I haven't listened to the last um, cinema because I'm not spoiling and Mandalorian for myself. Um, Dylan Hughes slip in the DMs award. <laughs> Zach, do you mind explaining this one to me? Yeah, so the Dylan Hughes Slip in the DMs Award. Alex, you get to slip in the DMs of a cast or crew member or character on the show and ask them any question you want. So, for example, mine is I'm slipping in the DMs of, of uh, Jerry. Of course. And I'm asking her, what is your end game here? Because if you stay with Logan... You're basically just being dragged along. But if you go back to Roman, you could have a position of power if they were to beat Logan. So I'm just, I'm curious what she's going to do. Cause she was kind of a major character in the seasons before this. Does that kind of give you an idea of what this award is? It does give me an idea. Um, I think if I had to pick one, I'd pick um, Bridget's bag. The ludicrously, the ludicrously capacious <laughs> one. Um, in all seriousness, it's fair. I think I'd have to pick Colin because Colin is kind of like the blank canvas of which we get to see Logan have emotions, and so That's Colin right. isn't allowed. Like you know, Colin is just <laughs> like Colin's. Logan asks, you know, do you believe in life after death? He's like, I don't know. That's not exactly how Logan asked it, but I don't remember exactly how he asked it. Um, do you believe in something after this or something like that? Right. So, something to that extent. Um, and 
Colin is basically there for Logan to get his thoughts off and basically be an exposition. He's basically Basil exposition from Austin Powers. Kind of. I mean, that's basically what he is. Like, he's just advancing the plot in a way. And I kind of want to know what his character thinks because we, we haven't ever seen that, you know, he's just this big intimidating guy. And I think that's, that's kind of who I would want to see hear from in that moment. Yeah. That's a good pick. Uh, Alex, good first episode, breaking this down the pot, the, uh, the, the first episode of the final season. What do you have to plug for us on the network? The power hour is going very strong right now. Um, so this week, due to some unforeseen circumstances, I had to monologue, but um, it was Suns, Nets, and Bulls week on the Power Hour. Oh, um, nice. Week bef- week before, I had Dylan Hughes back on to speaking of the aforementioned Dylan Hughes to talk. Um, we talked Spurs, Pistons, Magic, and 76ers. The first time we talked four teams, the first time we talked I about a team that, three yeah. times in a first time we talked about a team three times in a season with the 76ers because I talked about them twice already um but you know the Sixers are in a high like they're in the top three seed in the east they're probably one of the three best teams in the NBA I think they deserve the shot MVP. right probably they have my he's my MVP I'm just gonna go out and say it um yeah. so I thought it was important to talk about that. Um, t- the final teams for the Power Hour are the, I think it's the Mavericks, the free falling Mavericks, the um, <laughs> the Nuggets and the Bucks. So it's gonna the playoffs are almost here. We're two weeks away. The play in, I, I guess I should say, is two weeks away. But it's I count that as part of the playoffs. I count that. It's it's still crazy. This season has absolutely flown by. Um, and Linsanity, March Madness, Zach, who do you have winning? for this weekend. Who do you have winning? The, well, the... Uh, I'm financially obli- obligated to say UConn because I have a future bet on them to win the title. That plus 800 odds. So I'm going to go with UConn. Uh, but I wouldn't mind seeing one of those teams on the left side of the bracket win, especially FAU, considering how abysmal their media day was today. Embarrassing. Um, But yeah, I'll probably go with UConn. I think UConn, UConn's pace that they play at, I think it's just going to be too much for, for any of these other three teams to handle. So I'll go, I'll go with the Huskies. The Huskies getting back into the national conversation. <laughs> This is a conversation for another podcast, probably, but I think you'd enjoy looking into it. UConn's probably a blue blood for the men's side. They're, I mean, if they win this year, I'd be willing to put them in there because then they would have four five titles. In the last 20, five in the last 25 years. Five in the last 25 years. Six Final Fours. One of or the best coaches of all time had, been, had coached them. So... No, it'd be five, yeah. right? They won in ninety nine. They won uh, ninety nine. 
Yes, this would be their fourth. Did they win in 04? No, no, no. This would be their fifth. This would be their fifth. I forgot about the Kevin Ollie title. Yeah, because Calhoun won three. Three. Ollie won one. So, yeah, this would be their fifth. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, this would be their fifth. Fifth in the last 25 years. 99-04-11-14. Oh, God, yeah, best Big East program. Them or Villanova, I would say. So... It's a good call by you. I think you'd have to put them in there. They would have as many titles as IU. They are they currently tied year. for. They currently have as many as Kansas does. Yeah, and I I consider Kansas a blue blood, so I don't see why not. I don't. See, I really so they, don't see why not. If they win five, that puts them in a class with IU and Duke, um, and one behind Carolina. Kentucky has the most, right? Kentucky has eight. Or UCLA no, has the uh, most. UCLA has the most, then Kentucky, then Carolina. So, UConn has a lot on the line here. They do. I mean, you can argue they're already a blue blood, but I think if they win the title there, I think they're in there. I think they're already in there. Because I think the blue bloods are UCLA, Kentucky, North Carolina, Indiana, Duke, and Kansas. So then I would put UConn in there if they were to win this weekend. Or Louisville Monday, should be in there too. I know they've only won three, but Louisville Louisville deserves some respect all the time. Louisville had some sustained success. Yeah, they've made a lot of Final Fours. Even if they didn't Rick play Pitino's Vampires. Back, baby. Rick Pitino's back. St. John's. <laughs> He's back, Alex. The best coach in uh the best coach who's ever a vampire. Fatino. It's a good observation, but uh, <laughs> Alex, thanks again for coming on. Uh, and as always, folks, thank you very much for listening to the pod.